dog. Okay. Well, are you excited about today? I I mean it's a it's a Thursday. You know, some people call it uh, Thirsty Thursday. You oh. know, um, we haven't even. We, I don't think we're. I love a Thursday Thursday, but now when I have to work on Friday. No, no, no. Nowadays, it's actually quite horrible. Nowadays, Thursday nights, uh, they're for Diet Coke. You know. The hard Not stuff. Not flashlight. You know? No, 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 no. You know. And like sitting and watching massive amounts of TV. You know, I mean, there's really trying no, to forget about the world. There's no better way to live life. You know, a little. No. Little Delta Eight, you know, perhaps, you know, a little, a little, a little hard liquor, you know, and some crushed up Ritalin, you know, you just mix it all together, throw on Parks and Rec, and, uh, you know, dive off into the sunset, ready to begin again the new, oh, new day. So come out tomorrow. That's Annie. In case you didn't. I don't know. like. Do you like musicals? I hate them. I just don't hate. I just don't like redheads. All right. So, among this whiskey fungus has grown for centuries around distilleries and bakeries and feeds off ethanol in the air. And the Jack Daniels Distillery, which was founded in 1866, resides in Moore County... And it has drummed up complaints from residents in neighboring Lincoln County, Tennessee. So I guess that must just be on, like, the border. Uh-huh. Okay. And the fungus appears as, like, a sooty dark crust that grows over homes, cars, patio furniture, and plants. And residents think the fungus is disgusting and take measures like power watching their homes and just really any surface with bleach and water to remove the fungus every three months. But it always comes back. And you're indicating that it is... Um... It's a byproduct of the alcohol production in the area. Yeah, it's like it feeds off like the the vapors. Uh huh. Jack Daniel's plant is expanding. It apparently has like six warehouses, which are called barrel houses, mm-hmm. to age whiskey in charred oak barrels. Yep. And they're adding another seventh barrel house on like an additional property. And the distillery the, the distillery wants the county to rezone on this like second property so that they can build six more barrel houses. But in a ruling apparently last week, the judge said that this like second location, the barrel house that's on it needs to shut down because it was on, under construction because they did not have the proper building permits and Jack Daniels has to get the necessary permits. So ha- it sounds like it's a little turf war between people in the area and Jack Daniels. And it, and it relates to the fungus... Because they're like they're pissed because they're this pissed fungus, fungus is like due to apparently this distillery being in the area. I'll tell you what, this is why America's falling behind China because we're looking at this like a bad thing, okay? I know. But you know what they say: from you know ashes to ashes, dust to dust. If this stuff is made, if this stuff was made from booze, that means you can you can break it back down and turn it back into booze. You start collecting this fungus, you start putting it in tanks. You make a nice mash out of it. You distill it. You know what? Suddenly you got some hooch. Now you've got yourself a show on Discovery Plus called, I don't know, Hardcore Fungus Hoochers. You know? That does Suddenly, that's a multi-million dollar business that you just brought to, t- to uh, Tennessee or Kentucky. I don't remember which state you said. You know? And frankly, I'm just... I'm just witnessing just a real failure of entrepreneurialism, you know. I don't know. I mean, as long as there's some, like, inbreeding in it, I think people will watch it. Uh Uh-huh. I think so. I think so. Um, But I guess that the general manager of the Jack Daniels distillery stated that the company, quote, complies with all local, state, and federal regulations regarding the design, construction, and permitting of our barrel houses. And the director of technical service also chimed in to add that their people want to put filters on, like, air filters around the distillery to make sure that, like, the ethanol or whatever doesn't get out to stop the fungus from growing. And they said pretty much that it'll make the whiskey not taste as good. Well, maybe, maybe all these, I don't know, maybe all these yokels just need to, like, put an air filter in their house. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's on the outside. It's, like, all over. I'll show you pictures. Point taken, um, but back to the hooch thing. Just make, make, make hooch out of it and be famous, you know? Yes, Well, I guess this is kind of fun. The portion of the ethanol that evaporates during the aging process out of the barrels that Mm -hmm. what the fungus is eating is called the angel's share. The angel's share? And that's not the fungus's share. Hmm. 
And this is not the first sighting of this fungus. Neighbors to whiskey distilleries, along with other Kentucky bourbon, Canadian whiskeys, and Caribbean rum distilleries, have reported the fungus. And distilleries in Cognac, France, reported a plague of soot that blackened the walls of distilleries during the 1870s. And this fungus falls under the genius Baudonia, named in honor of the director of the French Distilleries Association that originally called it the plague of soot, hmm. um, whose name is Antonin Baudon. Hmm. So it's it's a legitimate fungus, I guess. Well, you know. Well, yes. Yeah, so Jack Daniels Distillery is in Lynchburg, Tennessee. There you go. So the neighboring county over is the one that's. Over. I see. I see. I see. Because so I think Lynchburg is still technically like a dry county or something. Yeah, technically, you know, very, very technically. Which seems a little. Yeah, suspect. Suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, you know, we'll talk in a couple of weeks. We'll have a reality TV show. They'll be, you know, They'll getting, be doing just fine. getting hammered off the off these uh, off this sparangula, you know. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh. Well, I've got another news for you. This Hit is me. more true crimey, less fun news. Okay. So, a 20-year-old Polish woman named Julia Wendell or Julia Faustina made headlines this week, claiming to be Maddie McC- Madeline McCann, the three-year-old girl who went missing in Portugal in 2007. So, her last Did name you- is. It's, like, reported, I think her real name is Julia, like, Wendell, but mm-hmm. she goes by Julia Faustina. Or Bit of a Carmen Sandiego sort of thing. Sure. What was the sure. rest of the story? I got caught up with the last names. She's claiming to be Madeline McCann. Do you know who that is? That girl that went missing in Portugal, like, she was, like, three years old in 2007. Natalie Holloway? Aruba? No. No? No. Okay. You've definitely probably watched the documentary on it or something. She was a girl that went missing, okay. and, like out of her like parents' hotel room. Her parents like were they were at like a resort or something, and her parents like went down to like like do something really fast, yeah. and they left her in the room. They came back, and she was gone. Yeah, and there's like no trace of her. They have no still don't know where she went. Oh yeah, I feel like I've been and like, it's, like up a little late cute night. like blonde girl. And- okay, yeah, I've definitely been up way too late at night watching Discovery Plus, bringing that yes. back around. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I've definitely uh, heard about this. So she claims to be. Yeah. Julia began to state that she was Madeline after an unusual comment from her grandma stating how she and Madeline shared an eye fleck. So I guess like in the iris, there was Madeline McCann had a very like distinctive like spot six o'clock on like one of her irises. And this girl, I guess, has like a similar thing and how there was a lack of photos of her as a young child. And Julia took them to social media comparing her eye fleck and presenting evidence that she was Madeline McCann. So I guess she was on like Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. being like, I'm Maddie McCann. Oh. And she also says she recognized a suspect um, in the McCann case and not like on their like website mm-hmm. and says that he was her own abuser. And then she also claims to suffer from post-traumatic amnesia from being sexually abused as a child, thus has few memories of her childhood. Well, that is, you know, um, both, uh, if it's true, that's both horrible, you know, and uh, wish her the best. And if it's not true, it's very convenient. Yes. So she's represented <laughs> by a psychic medium slash private investigator named Dr. Fia Johansson. And she has stated that Julie has taken a DNA test, which could link her to be one of the many missing girls around the world, I guess, mm-hmm. including the possibility that she could be another missing child, Livia Shep, a Swiss girl who was abducted from Switzerland in 2011 by her father, who then committed suicide in Italy a few days later, but the girls were never found. Well, did you know that I am, in fact, the, uh, you know, the Lindbergh baby? Did you know that? You'd be pretty old. I am much you older. Age than, very well. I am much older incredibly. than I look. I age like two buck chuck. I feel like the Lindbergh baby is an interesting case, but like also kids went missing all the time back then. You can ask me whatever you like, you know, I'm an open, I'm an open book, you know. Why'd you do it? Well, Why'd you know, you well, I mean, as I mean, as, as you know, my you know, my dad was a bit of a eugenicist, and uh, you know, as you know, as you can tell, I'm not the most traditional looking, you know, human being, and uh, so I was done away with, you know. All right, <laughs> well, I'll take it. <laughs> so there was discrepancies between the age of Julia, who was 21, and the two missing girls, Madeline McCann and the Shep. Julia claims that her true age is falsified in documents, even though her family has her birth certificate. And the Polish Provincial Police Headquarters in Warclaw claim that they have ruled out any link between Julia and Madeline. And Julia's family has also stated, For us as a family, it's obvious that Julia is our daughter, granddaughter, sister, niece, cousin, and step-niece. Step-niece. Interesting. Nice. We have memories. We have pictures. Julia also has these photos because she took them from the family home 
with the birth certificate as well as numerous hospital discharges. So I guess like so the actual has so the actual family has come out and said you are not in fact our our sweet little baby. No, the family has come out and said that they she is their sweet little baby. Oh, okay. And they also added that Julia has always wanted to be popular, whether it was through singing or modeling, is now apparently has about a million followers on social media, and the family is devastated. So I guess they the family is just kind of saying that this is like a clout grab for this Julia girl. Wait, so the family is saying it is their kid or it's not their no, kid? No, she is their kid. The family's like, we have a birth certificate, we have pictures, we have memories. She's been our kid forever. No, no, no. But, th- but this adult that is claiming to be that kid, is the family, the actual living family, agreeing with her? No, no. Oh, okay. So That's what I was asking. Yeah. The adult yeah. who's claiming to be... No. She's saying that the family is like, that's our daughter. She's not Madeline McCann. Th- yes. <laughs> the family is saying that that person claiming to be our daughter is not our daughter. Oh, the, like, you're talking about the McCanns. Like the people, the parents of the actual missing girl. Yes. They have not commented. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Oh, and you're saying the girl's real family yes. are saying you couldn't possibly be the daughter of another family because you are in fact our horrible little attention yes. seeker. Yes. 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 Yes, yes, yes. That makes total sense, and it is very likely the truth. Yes. <laughs> so this girl pretty much just like got tried to get TikTok famous by saying she was like a missing girl, a very famous. We've, we've all done that. We've all done that. You got to get your you got to get your cake somehow. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know. So that's unfortunate. Well, you know, a bit of a bit of a kook, you know, mm-hmm. a bit of a bit of a Thursday kook sort of scenario. We Another little update okay. on a very deep deep rooted in this podcast case. Court documents surrounding Brian Koberger's arrest were unsealed mm. in Monroe County, Pennsylvania on Tuesday. Okay, speaking of kooks, yeah. yeah, all right. So they outline items taken from the accused murderer's parents' home during his December 30th, 2022 arrest at 1.25 a.m. after four days of law enforcement surveillance. So he lived in whatever, went to school in Washington. Correct. And his dad and him drove bloop, 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 all the way over to Pennsylvania. Don't know why they didn't fly. In this like white Hyundai Elantra that was kind of like one of the big things that got him arrested. He got They got traffic stopped like on the way there. And then eventually when he was at his parents' home in Pennsylvania was when they arrested him. And this shirt's warrant is for his parents' house in Pennsylvania. Right. Where, so so what, what was his dad aware that he had um, just done some, you know... Uh, Nefarious things. Rather naughty acts, you know? See, and that's... No, I mean, I haven't read anywhere that they think that's a possibility. But, yeah. like, why Why wouldn't you just fly from Washington to Pennsylvania? Why would you drive across the country? I mean, some people just like to see the country, I you know? Whatever. Yeah. So, officers <laughs> found four medical-style gloves. This is, why, silver- <laughs> this is why people like, uh, you know, everyone in Wisconsin, you know, we all complain to be, being a flyover state. People just fly over us from New York to Colorado, wherever the hell they're actually going, you know? They actually really don't fly over us. We're kind of too far north. Well, moving on, you know? <laughs> But no, I understand. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah, so they found four pairs of gloves. I'm guessing medical style means like surgical gloves. A uh, silver flashlight, black sweatshirt, black socks, and a pair of th- size 13 Nike shoes. Big footed dude. We know what to say about big shoes. Big socks. Big socks. <laughs> <laughs> they also seized the white 2015 Hyundai Elantra, which they quickly tore apart, collecting parts, fiber swaps, and according to the search warrant, they also collected documents, receipts, gloves, and hiking boots in the car. So I mean, it could be just like an avid outdoorsman slash like casual jewelry thief yeah. so far. You know? Okay, but my question is, like, so this guy lives in Washington. Why did he murder these four college students and then put all his stuff in his car? And I don't know how his dad got... I'm just confused about the whole timeline. How his dad was in Washington to drive back with him to Pennsylvania. And why did they bring pretty much like... What sounds like a murder kit with them in the car. Grace. Grace, Grace, Grace. Oh, my God. God. Have you ever seen... uh, This is my... This this is, you know, I mean... Oh, no. As your listeners know, I I, 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 I often try to ham-fist, you know, my movie recommendations. Ham-fist? Ham-fist my movie recommendations in your podcast. You made fun of me for saying muscle Whatever. Have you ever seen the movie, A Goofy Movie? No. Oh. Oh. Grace. Okay. Well, anyway, if you want to know why a father will go any hilarious cross-country road trip to become closer with his son you need to look no further than watching the um, the absolute classic Are you early 90s like play, the goofy, goofy movie like goofy like oh goofy, goofy. first of all first of all it doesn't sound like oh ha ha it sounds like you know like a yuck you know or oh, like a, yeah, or, or, right. or 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 if he's falling off a cliff he goes like <laughs> you know you get it yeah, yeah, yeah. um anyway great movie son wants to go on a um 
on a long road trip so we can so we can get to this concert to meet Powerline. Ah, you're interrupting. Um, <laughs> this is just a great movie. Um, yeah, Goofy has a son. His name's Max. Where the fuck have you been? I didn't watch that. Oh my gosh! Come on, we, we're, 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 we're doing a double feature because there's no! a, there's a Goofy movie and then there's an extremely Goofy movie where Max goes to college and competes in the X Games against the against the, the mean frat boys. Is this you know? different from Monsters University? Monsters University is literally just a hack job of an extremely goofy movie. Like, it's literally just copied and pasted, but it's like, you know, instead of taking, like, these, these horrifying dog people, let's just make them horrifying monsters, which is actually probably a little more accurate, you know? Anyway. So Brian Koberger has not entered a plea. The moral of the story is Goofy had passionate sex with another strange dog lady, and he had Max, and they went on a road trip. Okay, continue. The dogs at the dog park today were trying to hump each other, and Smokey just stood by idly and watched. Like Max. the voyeur he is. Mm. So, Brian Kilberg has not entered a plea at this time and is being held in Idaho without bail. His preliminary probable cause hearing is scheduled for June 26th, well, which is a long time from now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we so, will, know, just a little we will see. We will see. Know, yeah. Well, I we'll hope they enjoy that, that road trip. You know? Oh, God. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I hope they learned about each other and like became closer, you know, and then, like, like did hilarious you hijinks, away, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, well, um, a trial that we that we do know about. Okay. So Alex Murdaugh, a disgraced South Carolina attorney, was convicted on all four counts he was facing: two counts of murder and two counts of possession of a weapon and the commission of a violent crime. Hmm. Oh, so he got was, him. Oh, so he was. So he was. He was convicted of murder. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He he's a scary looking guy. But I also think there's still a lot of, a lot of little details about the family that we need to know about. Wait, let me read this quick. Mm. He was found guilty after only three hours, and so Alex, the father, the patriarch mm-hmm. apparently of the family, shot his son with a shotgun inside the feed house feed area of his family's dog kennel, and then shot his wife at with a high powered rifle on June 7, 2021. The youngest son is Alex, the one that he got charged with shooting. Mm-hmm. He has that older son, yes. Buster, Buster, or whatever. Buster Rounds. Who, who, I don't know what he's doing. But he apparently maybe killed some kid yep. Yep. that he may or may not have had a relationship with. And his youngest son that he just killed, killed people in a boating accident. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. All allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, wait. We did. He did, yes. Yeah. But he, was it his fault? Yes. Yes. He was, he was, he was, he was, was like, it, whatever happened to his trial for that? Because he was suspected for things. But yeah. then there was like all those videos of him just like solo at the bars. Well, I mean, In, you know, it's, 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 it's Southern law. Might is right. You know, like, uh, I think they just got out of it. You know, you know, that happens. What are, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Well, you know, the, um, really the, the loose end here. Yeah. There is the, the alleged murder of that, of that one sort of, uh, hometown kid by, uh, Buster Rhymes. Um, there's also the nanny who was killed. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you like bust, bust her head open? Yeah, yeah. She like went. She like fell down. I guess like the allegedly she fell down their front porch, which was like three steps. Yeah. And somehow ended up with a with a skull that looked like you know the nasty ending of a watermelon on that uh you know who's like that a Gallagher show. yeah the Gallagher show yeah. you know suddenly yeah you just go down two steps and just you know. You, your, your, your head's gone, you know, strewn everywhere. Um, Head turns into a beef tartare. Yeah, yeah so... I don't, nah, I don't know about that one, you know. More to uncover. So really, Buster... Well, I'm, well, I'm guessing whoever only... killed her is now dead. I'm guessing from... Maybe I, it was Buster. He's still alive. Yeah. He's the only one really out and free still. Yeah, okay. And alive. Mm. During this trial, during his cross-examination by the prosecutor, Murdoch confessed to lying about his alibi at the time, which I guess was one of the things that really, like, sunk him. The end, he also admitted to extensive theft from his clients and firm, and he claimed to be driven to theft by needing $50,000 a week for prescription painkillers, mostly oxycodone, to which he claimed to take about 2,000 milligrams per day, which the average starting dose is around 10 milligrams. That is badass. That is a lot. They, like, actually did, like, a doctor came in and was like, this is a lot, but, like, you can technically build up a tolerance to yeah. this, obviously. And yeah. he's like... If a normal person took this much, they might not make it. But, like, this guy, he could take it. Yeah. Wow. That's a a, a fun nugget. Okay. Yeah, but his sentencing hearing will be held Friday morning. So. Well, best of luck to him in jail. Yeah. You know? I don't know how he's going to get that much oxy into jail. I mean, honestly, like, like, 
I don't know if you've really driven around the South and kind of seen all those billboards of all of these like ridiculous looking um, personal injury attorneys. And keep in mind, most of the time when you see a personal injury, a personal injury attorney, you're just driving through like between like Ocala and Orlando, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere and you see like a billboard with some like out the shit eating grin, you know, They're like terrible. injured in a car wreck, call me. Yeah. More often than not, those guys are fucking millionaires, oh, you know, no, for sure. And they're, and they are that guy, like this Murdoch guy, he's really not very far afield of like no, most no. of these well, millionaire personal injury terms. These guys are all insane. Yeah. They're really know nothing about the law. They just know it's just, it's personal injury law. It's yeah. all just like settlements and haggling and like, you know, running a business, you know. Well, that was one of his um, schemes of getting money out of this like firm and his clients was there was some settlement for some, we should do like, maybe I'll do a whole episode of this. Maybe mm-hmm. if like something ever comes yeah. out about everything else. But one of his, like, cases he was on was, like, some, like, millions of dollars settlement. Mm-hmm. And each of the attorneys was supposed to get paid out, like, $750,000. Yeah. And he told the guy to write him a check personally and not write it to the law firm. So he got that money. And then he came back and told the guy, like, hey, your check didn't go through. Write another one to the law firm this time. So then he got paid out whatever his money was supposed to be get paid out by the firm. It was a lot. So he had a lot of schemes. So that paid for a little bit of his oxy. For a God, bit. what a business. Yeah, what a business. Truly amazing. Hmm. So there was, a lot of, there was a lot of news today. Mm-hmm. But the one that I found the most, I think, titillating at the moment is one about a Peruvian man was stopped for drinking alcohol in the park, but was found carrying a 600 to 800-year-old mummy in a cooler. In a cooler? Yeah, a cooler. Gosh. So once... A couple weeks late of the, the Frozen Dead Guy episode. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Juan Caesar Bermejo, 26, was allegedly showing this mummy to two friends at a park in Puno, in southern Peru, and he was stopped last Saturday. So Bermejo said that the money was named Juanita and was his spiritual friend, and he said, I take care of her and she takes care of me. The mummy was found in a fetal position in a red cooler. Kind of like a DoorDash bag. There's Mm -hmm. pictures of it. Maybe I'll try to show you. And in a video... This man said, at home, she's in my room. She sleeps with me. I take care of her. God, I can just hear, like, the pan flutes, like, you know, kind of, like, daintily playing in the wind right now. Ugh. But, like, sensually for this guy and this mummy. Huh. Pretty gross. Yeah. But, yeah, so now... So you just had this mummy? How long, so how long post-mortem? The mummy? Yeah. It's, like, 800 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. It's, like, a so, real mummy. So this thing, this thing's really just been out, out in the heat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it is unknown at this time how he acquired <laughs> the mummy, and it is now in the Ministry of Culture and is being classified as a natural cultural asset, but this man was charged with illegal possession of historical patrimony and is facing up to five years in jail. All right. Question of the day. Oh, your, your your daily Wait, query. Wait, this is a picture of the mummy first. Looks like looks like a mummy. Looks like a mummy. Looks like Look a at mummy. this. Was the cooler I was in? It looks more like a trash bag in a box. It, the query of the day that you're trying to avoid. I know you know it's okay. I'm gonna chase you down with it. You know, how long do you have to retain possession of a dead body before you get to call it a mummy? You know. Well, I think. Like well, like like if my, like if my grandpa Jim, um, whom I love dearly, you know, if he kicks the bucket tomorrow. You know, how long do I just gotta kind of keep him under the bed before I get to start calling? Before I get to start saying, "I've got a mummy." You know, I think you have to mummify him. I mean, I can wrap him up with you in a few beach towels. <laughs> you know, like, how long before I can start running a business? You know, and send to the Miss. I think well, where, did, where is Grandpa Jim? Where is he residing? Because it's it's too. <laughs> well, here. In, in my imagination, my grandparents are dead. Yes, you know, yeah. I, was say, I know your grandparents. Are dead. Yeah, I know yeah, you yeah. don't have to. You yeah, can yeah. go dig under Grandpa Jim. Well, he, he'd have to exist at all first. Oh, you know, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean, out of out of out of out of respect to our real grandparents, you know, you know, who knows, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I well, that um, love is one cult. They pretty much mummified that person while she was alive. See, yeah, exactly. But they were calling what was actually just a smelly, rotting, dead body. They, they were calling it a mummy, and people did not believe it was a mummy, so they were charged with whatever it was, you know, whatever yeah. it's called, like, like, you know... transporting a corpse. Mishandling a yeah. corpse, you know. There's all these funky laws with it, you know. Um, but, I mean, if you got a mummy, you got a mummy, you know. Totally well, then you get charged with illegal possession <laughs> of historical patrimony, whatever that means. I mean, I mean, if you're in, if you're in rightful possession of a mummy, you know, he got drunk because he stole the mummy, you know. Well, they don't know where he got it. He might, maybe he made the mummy. I'm just saying, years. if I got a dead body, you know, or, you know, these, these people, they had a dead body, you know, this cult leader. 
And they're like, we got a mummy. And the cops were like, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You know, it'd be okay if you had a mummy. But that's just a rotting body. So, I don't know. Maybe, uh, well, this Levi, led me to go into a deep dive about mummies in Peru. Okay. So mummification was common in several cultures in Peru before the Spanish conquistadors arrived in the 16th century. And a 1,200-year-old mummy was found in an underground tomb in Peru in November 2021. So they have a few mummies. Mm. Mummification was first practiced by the Chinchuro people living in Peru and Chile thousands of years before the Egyptians. So they were the first ones to mummify. Chinchuro or chinchilla? Chinchuro. Chinchilla. Chinchuro. Chinchilla. All right, go ahead. If a chinchilla doesn't want to chill, but it wants to eat churros. Chinchuro. Very well. All right. All right. The mummies were painted black and red and donned a wig and then added a mask sculpted of clay. Kind of cool looking. These mummies were given food, figurines, pottery, and other items for everyday use. And the Chanche people of Karoo buried their mummies with decorative vessels for chincha, which is a beer made from corn. They also frequently replenished cups of dishes with beans and corn inside of the tombs as food for their deceased loved ones. So they're they're just dousing these dead bodies in hooch and throwing some Taco Bell on top of them and just sealing the box. <laughs> Love it! That, 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 is, that is so West Texas. Yeah, it kind of does sound like it. <laughs> I mean, this this seems a little classier. I feel like West Texas would just like stuff your head in a Bucky's bag and throw you in the back of the truck. Mm, yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Mm. Well, great. I, I I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. There you was know? there was yeah. a lot of news this yeah. week. You, you know? know, like great yeah. news. Yeah, you know. But the real thing we want to talk about. Mm. So my sister, one of the loyal listeners of this podcast, yes. one of three, has reached out and she texted me. Great. <laughs> you got more than three loyal listeners, you know. Maybe four. Yeah. She reached out and she said, you should do flesh pedestrians. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. What's yeah. a flesh pedestrian? Okay. Google it. Come mm-hmm. to look it up. Apparently, it's just the TikTok word for skinwalkers. Mm. These babies won't say skinwalkers because they're afraid mm. they're going to come after them. Hmm. But, said AJ, my sister, Neze, I thank you for listening, being my 25% of my loyal listener base. I listen a lot. So you always have to add, a, you, you always have to like do like a plus one on that listener account, you know? Well, the ratings on Spotify don't go off right, of you might, doing this live. Right, I might just start kind of like letting these, these bad boys. I might just yeah, start listening. You, you put them on mute and just let them run. And then fi- give them five stars. I also have to figure out like how much you're like fucking editing, editing me out of these things. So I do, I do need to start like yeah, listening to Yeah, I can be making you yeah. say horrible things. Or really I'm just taking all the horrible things. Honestly, I'm say trying that. to say horrible things. I feel like you're just getting rid of half of it. So we'll, we, we will see. You <laughs> see real PG on this. What? I said you're real, real PG on this. Maybe I'll start I'm a Patreon to... and I'll just release the unreleased ones. Oh, like a oh, the, the forest cut. The uncut. <laughs> Welcome to the, <laughs> the forest, forest fold, where he says what he really thinks about the people of Peru. Oh you know? God, <laughs> the people of Peru are nice people. I think I've never met anyone from Peru. Offhandedly, I've oh, always no. said I don't trust them. <laughs> I don't think you trust anyone. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, I trust, you know, I trust... Um, Smokey? Joe Biden looks too slow to really do anything, do, do me any harm. He's not you know? no. Yeah, no. Yeah, so, but Peruvians? Fast. Fast? Something seems wrong. I don't Continue. know, I'm just thinking. Continue. I was honestly just trying to figure out where Peru is. Oh, so, South America. The, well, I know that. So, the Navajo <laughs> have many known tales and lore about skinwalkers. Other tribes, such as the Pueblo, Apache, and Hopi, have their own lore as well. Mm-hmm. Practitioners of witchery, which I typed the word out and double-checked. Are you talking the witchcraft? Yes. Pronounced Ashtigash. That is not what that word looks like. First you par- brought out your book. First paragraph of the of the tremendous George Knapp uh, I don't. These aren't wind. the same words we were trying to say. It's the witchcraft. There you go. Okay, thank you. There you go. Thank you. So, you, you got ash, your references out. Ash de gosh. There you go. This was the first week I told you what the topic was going to be, and you had a book ready. So maybe I'll start telling you about Because I've actually read the book. Yeah. Know, yeah. Know. For the novel, <laughs> witchcraft or magic is part of spirituality and is very like, normal when used for good. Like they do like medicine men, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, witches exist among the members of society and are not supernatural. So people can practice magic if you're a Joe Schmo. Yeah. With this, sure. there are powers that these witches slash medicine men possess that are good and evil. Mm-hmm. So one of these po- powers makes a person become a Yi Nadalushi. You see that one in there? Actually, yeah, yeah. Yes. Alternately pronounced uh, Yi Naldushi, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great. Meaning with Very it, good. he goes on all fours in Navajo, mm-hmm. and this is done through a cursing ceremony of song and dance. Many men and women can be from Yi Nadalushi, which is just the skinwalker. But it is usually men who normally childless women who become witches. Mm-hmm. So all skinwalkers are witches. Not all witches are skinwalkers. Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Most spins. 
And most spinsters are skinwalkers. So there are people of pure evil who have gained the highest witchery rank, and this is achieved by killing a blood relative, incest, necrophilia, or other taboo or evil act. So that's how you become a Taboo? Taboo. Oh, okay. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Writing with your left hand, who knows? <laughs> Writing with your left hand is taboo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So some also believe that skinwalkers were born from medicine men who abused their magic for evil. But mostly, I feel like most sources always say that spinsters. skinwalkers yes, are spinsters or lonely <laughs> men who practice witchcraft who then okay. kill a blood relative. So it's basically people who like are too ugly to have families are witches. Evil witches. Yeah, evil, sure. evil, evil skinwalkers. Okay. Right, yeah. yeah, okay, perfect. Okay. So, skinwalkers obviously originate from many Native American legends, but especially the Navajo, I feel like, is the most known about. Mm-hmm. Even though not any of them are really known about because they're not really supposed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, shape shifting is seen across cultures and groups of people across the world and often like mm-hmm. is seen by anthropologists in many cultures. Many Native Americans disapprove of the term skinwalkers being used in the modern media and with non Native people. Because there's a superstition that talking about the skinwalkers may bring the person unwanted attention from said skinwalker. Right. Flesh pedestrian. Well, I think it's important to note that, like, the Native Americans just don't talk about it, about skinwalkers uh, at all. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what you call it, you know, because they, really they're, they're, their historic word is whatever it was. Yeah, ye naldushi or what was the other word? Nagloshi is the other yeah. one. And. I mean, in modern times, you can call it a skinwalker. They still don't want to talk about skinwalkers. Yeah. Putting a different name on it. Well, um, just talking about it gives it, like, power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, this, this whole flesh pedestrian Yeah, thing it, it doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. Just don't talk about it at all. Well, yeah. yeah. But I need friends, so. There you go. Okay. <laughs> We're chatting. Yes, exactly. Well, in terms of the Native Americans, it's like, yeah, like, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's, like, spiritual and sort of, like, you know, like, reasons to, like, not talk about skinwalkers because it, you know, I guess gives more power or, like, yeah. kind of conjures them. But, like, also, like, the more you, like, interview these people about skinwalkers, the more just random white people wearing khakis and Hawaiian shirts are suddenly showing up to, like, you know, your homestead in, like, in central Utah. And that's not great either. You know, there's really just no reason to answer these questions. If you did want to, like, you were like, yeah, I'll tell you about it. Like, you probably don't want them there. Why would you start just running your mouth about it? No, yeah, exactly. No, yeah. But anyway, so... The skinwalkers can assume any animal they choose, but are normally coyotes, wolves, foxes, eagles, owls, or crows, the most common forms often seen in wolves and dogs. Some skinwalkers can even choose their next form depending on what they desire, whether it's like speed, strength, stealth, mm-hmm. tooth, claws, etc. In their animal form, skinwalkers are often like a white or like albino kind of looking animal, which can distinguish them from the real, the real deal, the real animals. They also are known to act strangely in animal form and move unnaturally. And some say that they have, like, oddly deformed limbs, such as, like, dogs with, like, bowed or, like, sickly legs. And I feel like that's... I didn't really know that before until I looked this up. But, like, a lot of... I think that's supposed to be, like, new lore, kind of, that's coming out. Like, I feel like this is obviously, like, a thing that the Navajo believe in and is part of their, like, religion and culture. But I feel like it's kind of now kind of, like, gotten, like, appropriated by, like, TikTok and is now kind of, like, a cryptid thing. Yeah, what I mean like, like just I think, like people like Photoshop. It's almost like Slenderman. Like people are just like photoshopping these like weird looking animals into like right. Things. I, th- I think you kind of touched on it. Like like skinwalkers. It's all, it's also just like a very archetypical sort of cryptid, sort of beast of Bray Road sort of like uh, concept. I mean like werewolves. It's kind of the same thing where yeah. like people like weird people change into you know animals and go do dirty deeds yeah. you know so i mean it's kind of something that's pretty prevalent like in like all societies yeah oh yeah all societies you know um but i think um i'm sure as you're gonna get into there are obviously some very special peccadillos to uh, yes. skinwalkers yeah so skinwalkers also preserve their human eyes when they change into animal form um which is another tell if like an animal is a skinwalker and some say that their eyes stay more in an animal form when they are human. Hmm. And some Navajo believe that skinwalkers can steal a face from a person and read people's minds. But making eye contact with skinwalkers is bad news. They can enter your body upon eye contact or make your body freeze in fear and steal your energy. They also can imitate any human or animal noise in both, both forms. And they often make baby noises to lure people out of their homes. And this is important because skinwalkers cannot enter a home without invitation, which we also see in, like, Dracula lore. Uh, yeah. Much like mm. vampires. And they are known to make noises around homes such as banging on windows, walls, or even scrape the roof. 
and even peep through windows to lure victims out, and they often appear in front of cars to like cause car accidents. Yeah, that's like a, kind of like a lot of the you know sightings of skinwalkers. It very often involves um, someone being chased, you know, of like by their car. Yeah, or like you, you see them on like the side of the road. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in human form, skinwalkers are often very hairy and often wear animal skins or pelts. And as humans, they also have glowing eyes like animals. So like they kind of like reflect. So like kind of, kind of the people who like visited the White House, you know, that fateful day in January. Yeah, January. <laughs> so that is where we're going next. Oh, so because you're, you're are, kidding. No. Did you get excited? <sighs> Continue. Okay. <laughs> Because skinwalkers are often believed to wear pelts, animal skulls, or antlers on their head, it's a taboo for the Navajo to wear the pelt of any predatory animal. But the skins of sheep, cows, or deer are acceptable because they like wear their wear their skin, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So they can use spells to elicit fear and control victims, and they Same launch year. yeah, exactly. <laughs> they launch human bone fragments from blowguns to poison victims, and human bone gu- dust to cause paralysis and heart failure. And they often um, find victims' hair, wrap it around a pot shard, and place it in a tarantula hole to use later in rituals. And these rituals are not good for good, but for evil. Mm-hmm. And corpse dust is a common tool or poison used by the skinwalkers. And corpse dust is made of ground infant bones, often from twins, from the fingertips or the back of the skull, the occipital bone. And this dust is blown into the victim's face or down the chimney, and when breathed in, the tongue swells, turns black, and convulsions occur, and then death. Tremendous. And this is often done to people who know the skinwalker's identity. Mmm. Yes. Yes, okay. So... Because it's kind of like a bit of like a Rumpelstiltskin thing, right? If you kind of reveal their true identity, yeah, you know? Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, they often... <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they're hunted... Skinwalkers are hunted down since they are shunned and despised due to their taboo acts. And like taboo acts? Like they're like, like you know... They like, like their cousin gets stuck in the washing machine and... Are you talking about stuck porn right now? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So like werewolves, an injury gained in an animal form will appeal while they're in human form. So in novel lore, if you know the full name of a skinwalker, you can say their name and they will fall ill and die three days later. Rumpelstiltskin! Oh, God. Another way to kill a skinwalker is to shoot it in the neck while in animal form with a bullet dipped in white ash. The, Nav- the Navajo people um, even participated in an event called the Navajo Witch Purge of 1878. After various wars with the U.S. Army resulted in the Navajo being forced to march to Bosque Redondo, which is Fort Summer, in New Mexico during the long walk of the Navajo in 1864. And during this time, people suffered poor water, bad crops, illness, and death. And after four years, the government realized what horrific crimes they committed and let the Navajo return to their home in the Four Corners area, which seems very unlike the U.S. government. And during this time, you know, mm-hmm. pretty bad. Mm-hmm. During these years, many people believed that their gods had deserted or turned against them, and some even turned to whip tra- witchcraft and shape-shifting to survive, reportedly. Uh-huh. And back in their homeland, when they got back to like the Four Corners areas, accusations of witchcraft began to fly, and a hunt for skinwalkers began. A collection of witch artifacts was, artifacts was found wrapped in a copy of the Treaty of 1868, and the Navajo Witch Purge occurred in 1878. And 40 suspected witches were killed to restore balance and harmony in the tribe. Very interesting. So they kind of had a little Salem witch trial situation. It's also a bit of a, you know, goose is hanging high, goose is hanging low sort of conundrum right there, you know? What does that mean? Well, when, when, the, uh, when the goose is hanging high, you know, times are good, you know? Oh, okay. Right? So, you know, when the goose is hanging low, people had to resort to all sorts of, you know, sorts of tomfoolery. Then when the goose is hanging high, some people, you know, forget about the, you know, the hard times. They're like, you did all, you know, all this, all, all this sort of stuff, you know? Like, I you saw what like, you... like, get drunk at a bar and be yeah. like, hey, turn into a crow. I saw what you did with your cousin when she got stuck, <laughs> in, stuck in the washing machine, you know? Hmm. Taboo. 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 A witch. So now we can talk about skinwalker sightings. Okay. So in 18 or 1983, a family driving through the Navajo Reservation in Arizona on their way home to Flagstaff got the feeling that something was following their car. And they felt time slow when a gigantic black hairy creature with glowing eyes jumped out of the ditch wearing men's clothes. And it did not attack them. They drove away and tried to forget about the encounter. But a few days later, back home in Flagstaff, beautiful country apparently, they woke up to loud drum noises coming from outside their home and they looked out to see three man-like creatures standing outside their fence. And they tried to climb over the fence but could not succeed. And they chanted all night and then they left. Mm-hmm. 
Skinwalkers or the cast of Impractical Jokers. <laughs> what are their names? One of them's Lenny, right? Asshole, asshole, and bigger asshole. You know. Do you not like the Impractical Jokers? No. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Why would you like them? I don't really trust anything on True TV. That channel doesn't make any sense to me. You know. Out of all the things that you could be <laughs> finicky about, it's gonna be Impractical Jokers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for like paunchy middle-aged men, just like. Making fools of each other. Oh yeah, quick sidebar. I yeah, I hate impractical jokers. Well, I think they'll go to like mall food courts, which first of all, malls are struggling enough as it is. You don't need to go. Like, okay, if you're listening to this, don't go causing trouble in malls. Okay, like that's just kicking someone while they're down. But like they'll go into like, a mall food court and they'll just take someone's Panda Express and just sling it across the room, and we're all supposed to laugh at this poor little man's you know misfortune. Okay, they probably buy them like a fifty dollar Panda Express gift card after they do that though. I. Bet you they don't. <laughs> I bet you they replace the man's food, you know, and like, oh, it wasn't that funny. It was like, I'm just confused how they're still doing Impractical Jokers because everyone knows their face. Like, they're famous now. Like, people, like, if I saw some, some like, weird-looking old white dude run up to me in a grocery store and steal a Thanksgiving turkey out of my cart, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm on TV. Yeah, honestly, like, if, yeah, I mean, if, if some paunchy ass dude, like, came up to me and just, like, took my Panda Express and just slung it 15 feet away from me. You would probably bite them. You would probably bite them. No, honestly, I would just be absolutely flabbergasted at the gall of this man for for stealing my Panda okay, Express, I you feel know? Like you, I you, you get more hangry, I feel like, than you think, and I think you would absolutely be irate. I mean, well, I mean, I, I guess let's go back to the point where I would not um, automatically be able to figure out in that moment that they were from the impractical job. Because my mind would be flush with the fact that my Panda Express has got flown across the room. You it know? is disembobulating. Okay. Anyway, where were we? Well, <laughs> this is this I think is where you can have a lot of commentary. Mm. So the most famous Skinwalker sightings were outlined in 1966, 1996 in mm-hmm. the Desert Nude article called Frequent Flyers. And this article tells the tale of a Utah family's life on a ranch frequented by UFOs, cattle mutilations, and disappearances in crop circles. Mm. So yes. one of the most disturbing days on the ranch which is now known as Skinwalker Ranch, mm-hmm. occurred 18 months after the family moved in. The father, Terry Sherman, was walking his dogs when he came across a wolf that was three times larger than any normal wolf. He had glowing red eyes and was not scared of Terry or his dogs. And he shot the creature three times, but it was unfazed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have more eyes. I just want to see the No, I mean, please continue. I have, you know, the, the, the story of the Gorman family is uh, truly see, tremendous. is it Gorman or Sherman? Because I know, like, when they originally, like, released this article... Like, they changed the name of the family, but then mm-hmm. people found out the name of the family, so now both of them are used. Um, gosh, I thought it was, I thought the fake one was Gorman, and then Sherman might have been the real one. Because, like, Maybe. first of all, like, who the fuck is named Gorman? No one, okay? Like, that's, that's, that's a fake name. It's like, pff, you know, it's like. The people of Wisconsin have lost to a Gorman. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to them, you yeah, know. Yeah. It is kind of a bad last name. So, Terry and his wife, Gwen, which I also think I've heard her name's, like, Ellen or something. What are you, why, why, why are you just doxing this poor family, even to this day? I'm so <laughs> trapped. Experienced countless UFO sightings, seven cattle deaths or disappearances, and cattle mutilations, including one cow having a hole cut out in its eye and one having its rectum carved out. These usually were accompanied with an odd chemical smell and lack of blood. So, mm-hmm. I was just listening to the last podcast episode today mm-hmm. a little bit, and they talked mm-hmm. about... The one cow that they found, like, with its butt carved out. Right. And I guess, like, the cow was, like, alive and, like, by this creek. Yeah. And then the guy left for, like, 20 minutes to go do something and came back. And the cow was dead, butthole carved out, no blood. I'm about to say, it wasn't, like, chomped out. It was, like, cored out. Like, yeah. But, like, 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 like it was a mechanical device or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it had, like, no blood or anything. And it was, like, yeah. 20 minutes, so it wasn't, like, bugs or right. something. Right, right, yeah. Very strange. Cow uh-huh. mutilation? Very strange. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like it. I mean, that's a cow mutilation. You could talk about that that all day. That's that. That's kind of happens. Why like, is it always the... going after the cows? Uh huh. I mean, yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's a really good question. Why cows specifically? I mean, I would imagine I probably sheep would be easier to get at. You know. Less yeah, person. I imagine it probably extends like a lot of livestock. Honestly. Um, have you seen the uh, the movie? Nope. I have not watched it. Oh, we should watch it. It's kind of got Skinwalker Branch vibes. Mm. Now that I, like, went and was reading through this, I'm like, wait, aliens? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taking cows? Yeah. We should watch it. Maybe we'll see if it's on something after this. Pretty good movie. So, after the Shermans moved out, a string of new owners also experienced phenomena on the ranch. 
This ranch is now called Skinwalker Ranch, as I said before, and is a paranormal research hub. Robert Bigelow, a UFO enthusiast and Vegas realtor, bought the ranch for $200,000 in 1996, which was a steal. Yeah. And he founded the National Institute for Discovery Science on the ranch, and it went under high surveillance. And Bigelow and his team had over 100 incidents reported on the ranch of, like, sightings of weird stuff. And it was then sold to Adamantium Holdings for $4.5 million in 2016 and is under armed guard now. Mm. And not much is known about Skinwalker Ranch anymore. Someone really needs to make, like, a movie about Robert Bigelow, especially in these times. Because, like, back in, like, his day, um, he was essentially, like, Elon Musk, but was, like... Just a little bit like, I don't know, just a little less motivated to like actually take over the world and a little more motivated to just like, like fuck, around. fuck around, like fuck around and like, you know, like just be a funny duddy and like investigate aliens because well, the guy. He sounds more productive for society. Oh, he's a billionaire realtor, started, you know, Bigelow Aerospace, which is like, I think like still in, still in operation. It sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean. It's like Virgin Mobile. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they, like SpaceX in its early days, it was basically a contractor for NASA. So, like, NASA would essentially hire them as, like, an outside contractor to, like, you know, you know, run shit up to the space station or get satellites in the air and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, interesting guy. Founded NIDS, you know, the National Institute of uh, Discovery Science, you know. Um, Cool, just cool guy. Yeah, I'd love to know more about him, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll also look him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. It's, now it's weird that, like, they, it's owned by some other rich people that just, who knows what they're doing. Adamantium Holdings, yeah. You know, who, know, who knows who owns that, you know? Yeah. Who knows? But there's a lot more Skinwalker Ranch. I didn't really go through any of the other. There's, like, a bajillion UFO. They, like, saw, like, 30 different, like, kinds of UFO craft right. on Skinwalker Ranch. Really one of the... Honestly, the, the one of the interesting things about Skinwalker Ranch was Skinwalker Ranch is kind of a misnomer. Like, obviously, it's, there's not a lot about the <laughs> well, the sightings of Skinwalkers or you know whatever you want to call that in terms of kind of like these sort of like you know crazy beasts or whatever they definitely occurred. But really, what was the more uh, common occurrence was the um, was was the uh, witnessing of like these portals that would open mm-hmm. in the air. You know, these sorts of like weird like hoops or like just weird sort of um textures in the sky that would kind of open up and you'd you know the 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 family and these researchers would witness these balls of light like coming through the portals or or like these balls of lights or these just kind of shapes on these uh, on the other side of these portals as if you're you're kind of like you know looking in um it's kind of like um the 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 marvel movie with the with all the aliens came through the portals in the sky over New York. Actually, yeah, yeah, actually, yes. actually, yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you for bringing this back to Loki. Of course, thank you. Is how how that could was this a good one. <laughs> how could this episode be complete without that? You know, and and a lot of just more kind of like yeah, just like more I guess you know conventionally like UFO sightings and kind of one of the big theories is um, you know one of the whole sort of uh, unifying theories of like UFO sightings and like cryptid sightings and all that um, is that there are, you know, kind of the, the way time and space works is that our dimension um, intersects with other dimensions at particular, yeah, at particular yeah. sort of geographic points, kind of like, yeah, kind of like two pieces of paper where they kind of run into each other, except obviously everything's going in all directions and all that. what is like another one? Like they say like Skinwalker Ranch is a weird one. Mm-hmm. It's something too about like, one of the parallels has mm-hmm. like the ley lines, a yeah. bunch of like really weird like things that have happened mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, vile, like, vile like, vortices. Call, like sits yeah. on one. Yeah, I can't remember if it's called like ley lines or vile vortices. Um, but um, similarly, it's it's like it's like this notion of like you know sorts of like points in the world where there's a lot of like weird energy. Like allegedly, that's where that's why the Egyptians uh, picked their spots for pyramids yeah. was to capture yeah. the energy of these things. But anyway, so you know, Skinwalker Ranch um, was is generally understood to be uh, one of these sorts of intersection points, you know. Yeah. And so it's a point where you know these, whether on purpose or not, these these other sort of multi-dimensional or other dimensional sort of beings, you know, kind of intersect and come through. You know. Yeah. Um, and There's so. Like weird over overlap points. Yeah, 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 and so it kind of you, you know ties together all, all these different sightings and just and, and just weird sort of you know. Um, yeah, earth engines. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that could be you know what's going on with Skinwalker Ranch. Who knows? You know, but um, no, it was a 
really interesting story attracted some really kind of cool reporters of that day you know like I, I mean I read this book I, I got it called um, it's called Humper the Skinwalker great book and it's by George Knapp who was kind of this uh, reporter back in the day who quickly became like a UFO kind of guy and you know and, I love people's yeah. like writers I don't want to say it's a descent I think it's like a, a detour yeah. into ufology yeah always yeah. Seems to pretty much take up the rest of their career, and it's very exciting. But by take up, you mean ruin. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very consistently. Very. There's, there's a few sure things in this world: is death, taxes, and you know. Ufology ruining your career. Oh, ufology ruining your life and marriage and career. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I guess my my resources for this part was a cryptidsfandom.com slash skinwalker. The last podcast on the left episode, which I really only listened to, like, the first part of it mm-hmm. again because mm-hmm. I re-listened to it. Because that's where they talk about, like, the skinwalkers the most. Mm-hmm. And then it just turns into portals and UFOs. And in all that's interesting article, a Desert News article by Zach Van Eyck, which is actually, this is the one that, like, came out and kind of, like, exposed, I guess, Skinwalker Ranch for the first time. That was actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And a Legends of America article by Kathy Alexander that was updated this mm. year. But, yeah. So those are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, very, very interesting topic. Um, moral of the story is, you know, this whole, uh, f- what is it, flesh walkers? Or what are they flesh called? pedestrians. Flesh pedestrians, you know. AJ, call them skinwalkers like normal people. Um, well, you know. It's or just, don't. Or know. just don't talk about it if you don't want to bring them, bring them to you. You know, yeah, why, why make a TikTok video about it if you don't want to talk about it? You know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, these duplicitous young people. Uh, huh, what are you going to do? Can't stand them. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah. stand them. Um, nope, but moral of the story is uh, check out a Goofy movie, honestly. It is such, such a groundbreaking movie about the relationship between father and son. Really what a dad will do Wasn't for a son. the Lion King enough? What? The Lion King. That is... No, no, no. No, that's that's all that's all just propaganda, you know. Goofy movie, mm, great movie. You know. the crop, huh? by the crumb. Yep, absolutely. Crop Check it out. Crush. Check it out. All right. Well, with that, I think we can be done. All right. All very right. good. Bye bye.